0: Yes. I'll have a new home Glory, glory, glory. With the redeemed Never Lord stand There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain, pain. There'll, There'll be, no, be no, more strife. Strife. no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In his likeness ready to live. I'll, I'll be, glad. be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life eternal Perfection, youthful and happy, I shall be. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, glorified with Him forever. Death will be lost in victory. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh, yes. I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with the redeemed. Never stand there. Sorrow, no, no more pain, pain, there'll be no more strife. 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 Yes, raise the likeness In of my savior, likeness, ready to live I'll be real. glad, I'll have a new body. Praise, Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. life eternal. Life. One. hallelujah morning, when the last trump of God shall sound. Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise, praise the Lord I'll, Lord, I'll have a new life. yes. I'll have a new home glory glory. with reading of no understand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. pain. There'll, There'll be no more strong. No no yes, raising the likeness so to live in I'll loving. be glad of. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal
1: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just wanted to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in Him, and Him alone, I find peace, joy, forgiveness, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. Folks, my goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the question of church and government. Church and government. But before we get to that study, we've got a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Get this. A new article in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine argues that birth certificates should no longer include biological sex in order to reduce the harmful effects on transgender and intersex individuals. According to the article, it says that birth certificates should be overhauled so that biological sex is no longer listed in the legally identifiable fields Such fields currently include items such as name, date of birth, and location of birth. The authors of this article want biological sex moved to the bottom of the birth certificate that is below the line of demarcation where it would be used for for statistical purposes but not for identifying purposes. We believe that it is now time to update the practice of designating sex on birth certificates given the particularly harmful effects of such designations on intersex and transgender people. Designating sex as male or female on birth certificates suggests that sex is simple and binary when biologically it's not. Sex is a function of multiple biological processes with many resultant combinations. The authors acknowledge such a change could stir controversy. For sports teams, they propose defining male and female by hormone levels and not by biological sex. Albert Mueller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, called the idea a capitulation to the rejection of Creation. Christian understands sex is not designated. It is merely recognized and is also recorded. That's why we have birth certificates. Muller criticized the article for promoting a contradiction. Birth certificates are necessary for public health, but not for personal health. We are in a world increasingly drowning in nonsense. <laughs> There you go, folks. There you go. Birth certificates should not include a baby's sex, says Doctors in New England Journal of Medicine. Well, here's some good news. Here's some good news. After Buffalo Bills beat Indianapolis Colts Saturday for its first playoff victory in 25 years, head coach Sean... McDermott credited the players and the fans, but not before crediting God. McDermott, who is in the fourth season as the Bills coach, opened a post-game press conference by referencing his Christian faith. I just want to praise God for this afternoon and for this day. What a beautiful day in Orchard Park, New York. To him be all the Glory. McNormick credits God for placing him in Buffalo. I believe that God's plan prevails, and God had a plan. He ordained this to happen for me to come to Buffalo with my family. I mean, fit is important, right? This is a blue jeans, work boots style community, and that's me. That's how I grew up, and so God had this plan. And he had it planned since I was born to bring me here and my family for a reason. I still, at the end of the day, am waiting to see, as we continue to move forward, his plan continue to unfold for us here in Buffalo. I just know God is in control. There you go, folks. To him be all the glory, Buffalo coach Sean McDermott says, after the playoff win. Hallelujah, folks. Give God the praise, no matter the situation, right? Amen. Well, now, get this. Get this, folks. Despite the coronavirus outbreak, Bible sales have increased all across the globe for this year, or the past year, in 2020. Lifeway Christian Resources, a leading provider of Christian books and education materials, noted in a new report that Bible sales between April and June has increased significantly. And they think it's due to the fact that it's people's desire to seek hope and healing during times of great difficulty, such as this pandemic we are in. We believe this is no accident, as people often go to the Bible as a source of hope in times of crisis and uncertainty. They draw hope from Scripture because in it they see a God who is with us, during our suffering. The Bible as God's word to us is a reminder that he doesn't leave us to walk through difficult times alone. Well, there you go. Listen to that. Bible purchases increase significantly amid COVID-19 pandemic. LifeWay Christian Resources reports. Well, amen and glory, hallelujah, folks. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. Oscar Romero was a Catholic Archbishop of violent El Salvador. He spoke out against the nation's brutal military dictatorship. In his weekly radio sermons, he listed disappearance, tortures, murders, other news that the national press was too afraid to report. The common people hung on his words, in March 1980, an assassin killed him while he was saying mass. Afterward, Jesuit James R. Bruckman compiled a number of extracts from Romero's sermons entitled them "The Violence of Love." Today's selection is taken from the broadcast. This is the mission entrusted to the church, a hard mission to uproot sins from history to uproot sins from the political order, to uproot sins from the economy, to uproot sins wherever they are. What a hard task! It has to meet conflicts amid so much selfishness, so much pride, so much vanity, so many who have enthroned the reign of sin among us. The church must suffer for speaking the truth, for pointing out sin, for uprooting sin. No one wants to have a sore spot touched, and therefore society with so many sores twitches when someone has the courage to touch it and say, you have to treat that, you have to get rid of that, believe in Christ, and be converted. And that's this day in church history. Now we have a segment that I've called observation segments, and things that I've noted uh, over the week that uh, helps me reflect on spiritual truths. Well, this week uh, there is a loss of several people in our churches, dear brothers and sisters, who have uh, passed on. And uh, they've affected so many people. And we have a couple of them close to our hearts. And One brother in our congregation lost his dad just recently. And that just had me really thinking about the power and thank, being thankful for the power of Christ's words in these times. As he said to Martha in John chapter 11, just before he was going to Raise Lazarus from the dead. He said in verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. Amen, folks. What a powerful verse in these dark times to give us great comfort of hope that there is something to look forward to beyond this chaotic world in which we live in. That is being resurrected. That is to know there is life beyond death. And we'll once again see our loved ones. And that's our observation segment. For this broadcast. And now we have our thankfulness segment. We point out a particular verse that helps us and reminds us of being thankful always to God. First Chronicles chapter sixteen and verse thirty-four. It reads this Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen, folks. The Lord is good. His love endures. No matter how um, imperfect we may be. How up and down we are in our promises and decision making. His love is constant. And we are so thankful for that fact. And that's our thankfulness segment for this broadcast. And now we have Name That Bible Character Segment. Here is your clue. I am the age of Isaac when Jacob and Esau were born. What age am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the age of Isaac when Jacob and Esau were born. What age am I? We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment, so stay tuned for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Now, folks, we want to go right into our study for today and our study is called the church and the government we're living in some times in which there is a great battle being forged and we need to understand our relationship as as uh, children of God as uh, members of God's kingdom being brothers and sisters of his powerful church What is the relationship? What is our responsibility to the government? So in order to answer that question, we're going to be dealing with two very powerful principles. The first is found in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 13. In verse 13, Peter here says this, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free not using liberty as a cloak For vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So there's not very much room here to argue with Peter. Peter says that the first powerful principle in our relationship between the church and the government is to submit ourselves to every ordinance of man. Why? He tells us why. For the Lord's sake, because it is his will. Because he it's a command to honor the king. So there's not much room there for discussion and argument. Well, we just wonder, well, what if the governments that are in power are evil? Well, that's been the case since the creation of the world. Since governments started and we had kings and it's just been going on for all of these many, many, many years. So the argument that just because a particular government is evil or the government that exists is uh doing terrible deeds all we have to do is look at what was going on during the time that Peter was writing this letter there was uh, Nero if you remember Nero, an awful, awful terrible human being during his reign as Caesar Nero was going to clean out the slums and he started to a uh, massive fire to do just that. And he had a massive rebellion at hand and he started to blaming the Christians and dipped them in oil and made human torches out of them. That is the kind of king, the kind of government that was going on during Peter's discussion during this letter that he was writing. So Peter calls for us to submit there's no discussion it's not a suggestion if you have taxes you got to pay them if you're driving down the highway you got to obey the speeding laws i know that hurts a lot of people that's just the way it is whatever law in our communities that exist we have to obey them Paul echoes this teaching from Peter in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, he says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are point, are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. You can't get any more clear than that, but just in case we... Don't understand what Paul and Peter are talking about. All we have to do is go back to the uh, Old Testament and Daniel. Turn with me to Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, in verse 37. In verse 37 he says, You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, are the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven. He has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So he's describing the privilege that King Nebuchadnezzar has That God has given him the power to be ruler. And this is true for every form of government that exists today. It's God who gives them that power. Gives them that authority. And they will be held accountable to whether or not they are evil. Whether or not they practice good. They will be held accountable by God. John chapter 19, Jesus talks about this and starting in verse verse 8. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it has been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Who was the one that has the greater sin? What well, was Caiaphas? Caiaphas, who was the high priest, corrupt. Even that authority was given by God. And yet you had evil men in authority positions by God. Abusing that authority. Doesn't make the authority no good. Or it doesn't mean that God okays evil. It just means that men are evil. And they have twisted that which is good. That is was meant to help. And protect. And to care for people. They have abused it. Just think of the model of the home. Man is supposed to be in position of authority there. I know a lot of people don't like that nowadays, but that is the truth. And that's supposed to be the model of authority and submission in the home. And if the man of that home abuses that authority, the authority in and of itself isn't the problem. It's the one that is in power. That's promised. God's going to hold him accountable. But the truth about all this is simply this. And what Peter and Paul are saying is that we must submit ourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you are saved. You are not above the law. And you must submit. That's the first principle. The second principle is found in 1 Timothy. Turn with me there. 1 Timothy chapter 2. So the first principle is we must submit. The principle of submission. The second principle is prayer. And this is vital. 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of God. Of the truth. Amen folks. So he lists several things here. In it's relationship. To our need to pray. For all men. For specifically kings. And all those who are in authority. The first aspect of prayer. Is he talks about. Supplications. Or entreaties. It's a noun that expresses a specific need. We have needs and concerns that we bring to God. He says, cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. God cares and wants you to share your needs with Him. The second thing he brings up is prayers. Well, here it's talking about the sacredness of prayer. It is the expression the act of worship. It's the recognition from you that God is all powerful, that he is the father and you reverence him and revere him and acknowledge that he is the only one that can answer your needs and answer your prayers, him and him alone. And that is part of our act of worship. It is that recognition That in God alone, He is the one who can answer our prayers. The third word that's very important here is petitions or intercessions. It is this idea of whispering in the ear of a supreme leader the needs of other people. And that's exactly what we're doing. Going to God in prayer is whispering in the ear of our Father of the needs of other people that we are praying for. Then lastly, he talks about a giving of thanks be made for all men, underline that, and the next verse, for kings and all who are in authority. It's that giving of thanks, being thankful for God for what we have, for what He's done, for what He's accomplished for His love for us, for His mercy and kindness. And that concerns all men everywhere, all people, whether it's men or women, that we are praying on behalf for. And then in verse 2, he says, For kings and all who are in authority, that why, why should we do that? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. I wonder if we really pay attention to this verse too. Underline that. We're praying for kings and all who are in authority. Why? So that we may lead a quiet or tranquil and peaceable life. That's the result of our prayer. We we don't get that all the time because we're not praying for it. Make no mistake about this. What Paul is teaching here. In First Timothy chapter 2, it has deep fundamental roots in God's plan. Note all the way back in Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. So this concept is, is very fundamental to God's plan. And not only that, not only that, but this prayer delights and glorifies God and directly ties into His gospel message and providential plan to save all men. Amen. I exhort, encourage, All supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made of all men, particularly for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a tranquil, quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So those are the two powerful principles that we've discussed this morning. We must be in subjection to the ordinance of men, to the authorities that exist. Because that's what God expects. It is for God. It is in God that we do that. And then, lastly, that we may pray. Do you pray for kings and all who are in authority? You need to start doing that, friend. Do you rebel against the authorities that exist, rebel against the president that exists now here in America? Do you rebel? And dishonor God in the process. These are some very powerful truths. That Peter and Paul. Taught. About the church and the government. And that's our study. For this broadcast. And now we have. The conclusion to. Name that Bible character. Here was the clue. I am the age of Isaac when Jacob and Esau were born. What age am I? 60. That's right, folks. Genesis 25:26. And after that came his brother out and his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob and Isaac was three score years old when she bare them. I am the age of Isaac when Jacob and Esau were born. What age am I? 60 years old, folks. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever. A follower of Jesus Christ by submitting to him in repentance and baptism. Giving your life over to him and you'll find a peace that passes all understanding. You'll be blessed beyond measure more than you ever could imagine or deserve. Folks, I just want to tell you to visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, thank you so much for joining me and walking along my side. It's been a privilege and an honor. I just want to tell you, may God bless you you
0: all the gold in California is in a bank in the middle of Beverly Hills in somebody else's name so if you're dreaming about going to heaven it don't matter
1: Your riches are
0: Jesus Christ is the only way way. Gotta get to work today I've got another bill to pay I'm building up my IRA For days to come come. I'm tearing down my older barns And building up bigger ones it's coming on It's the American way All the gold In California Is in a bank In the middle of Beverly Hills In somebody else's name So if you're dreaming About going to heaven. It don't matter at all what your riches are. Jesus Christ is the only way. The only way. Friends, don't trust in what you've got. You got. Even if it is, yeah, it is a lot. I have to warn your money's you know not. The all it seems, to be. Not what it seems to be. True riches are riches in the Lord. Living just by Live his, by word. his word Now don't forget know All you've friend, heard, you heard That he's the, he's the only way All the gold In California Is in a bank In the middle of Beverly Hills In somebody else's name So if you're dreaming Dream About going to heaven It don't matter at all What your riches are Jesus Christ is the only way